Cowboys have been the almighty carnivore that has devoured nearly everything on the NFL food chain, winning three of the last four Super Bowls. The Beast had appeared vulnerable earlier this year, but a big win last week gave a Jurassic spark to the Cowboys as they took down the San Francisco 49ers in an epic battle. Lurking in the tar pits tonight is a fierce opponent. The Packer monster is an evolving new species whose ancestors have lost their last six battles in Dallas. Brett Favre is a flesh and blood quarterback in tonight's primal encounter with Troy Aikman's Cowboys. It's a big game for us because we hope to uh, continue in our quest to get into the playoffs. It's a big game for Green Bay because they're looking to put the, the, the Dallas thing behind them. I think beating Dallas would, would finally get us over the hump. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Okay, it's playoff time in Dallas. We're going to get straight to it. We've got John and Saad from The Athletic. And here, the most conflicted man in Dallas, Kevin KT Fun Playoffs Turner. Welcome back, KT. Hello, Kent. Playoff time. Yes, it's all culminating. And let me just be honest up front. We're recording this thing, let's see, Tuesday afternoon. So, you know, injury news could could break and shake throughout the week if you choose to listen to this thing a little later in the week. The matchup I dreaded the most, if we're just being, uh, <laughs> if we're being frank, for me, I, um, not what I wanted, uh, <laughs> it was just not what I wanted. As a, um, uh, I can't, I've been candid about this in the past, I'll be candid now, uh, I am a lifelong Packers fan. Who wants the Cowboys to do well? I, you know, and owner, now, right? Jo- John and Sod are really great about being fair and and unbiased and, and really, you know, go by the laws of journalism, and they do a great job of that. And I suck, and uh, I do. It's it's always been great. The, I love having the Cowboys as a team I've uh, air quotes covered for you know a while. Not covered like John and Sod do, of course, but you know. You talk about them a lot and used to kind of be a little more hardcore into it. But my God, I, when Packers and Cowboys week happens, I just hate it. <laughs> um, it's it's miserable. But I can offer some insight on the Green Bay Packers. Um, just like I hopefully have offered a little bit of insight uh, to Mike McCarthy over the years. I don't know that I've done a good job of that. Mike McCarthy's done really well. Three straight 12 in years, three straight playoff appearances, something you would have killed for in the Jason Garrett era. How you feeling, John? Because... Man, this was nearly Cowboys Lions. I was wanting the Cowboys Lions rematch. I mean, I'm sorry, this was the Cowboys Rams, and then we could have set up a you know a Cowboys Lions thing, which we might get next week. You know, if uh, if you get a win, but I, I thought Cowboys Rams, you know, would have been fun. I that would have been a good matchup. Instead, you've got the uh, Jordan Love Packers. Yeah, I think looking at it from a. Uh just what's the best matchup for the Cowboys. I thought them going against the Packers was better for the Cowboys than going against the Rams, and and largely because of the quarterback situation. I, Jordan Love's had an outstanding year, uh, but he's never played in a playoff game before. He's never had to win a game uh, in the postseason before, whereas Matthew Stafford has won a Super Bowl. And the Rams seem to be clicking at the right time, and so I felt like for the Cowboys, this is probably the best matchup, but I understand they're kind of a, a boogeyman type team for the Cowboys because of uh, obviously them ending their seasons in 14 and 16, but that's with Aaron Rodgers. That's with Mike McCarthy as a coach. So a little bit different this time around. Um, I figured the Cowboys would be favored 
by a touchdown. It's, that's basically where it's at right now. I think it'll probably stay around um, that. And I just look at the way that this season is, has kind of unfolded with really a big factor in this is the Eagles collapse. To have home field advantage, I, I'm just looking at it now where there's really no excuse for this team not to go to the NFC Championship game. They should beat the Packers and then host the next the divisional round game, and that should be against another team that maybe they won't be favored by a touchdown, but I would think whoever they face in that next game, they'd be favored by maybe five, six points. Um, and so I think this sets up great for the Cowboys to have a, a chance to get to their first NFC Championship game since 1995, uh, which will likely be in San Francisco, and then that's where the season will be decided. But uh, I think it would be a disappointment if they don't reach the NFC Championship game with the way everything unfolded. Yeah, I'm, honestly, watching watching things unfold on Sunday was was fascinating because you had you had the Cowboys and Eagles and and you saw the NFC East was pretty much decided even without the Cowboys playing because the Eagles fell behind twenty four nothing. But while the Cowboys were playing, the Rams and the 49ers were playing a backup bowl, both teams playing their backups, and the 49ers were up twenty to seven at halftime. And you're like, okay, well, the Rams are going to lose, and if the Packers win, then then you got Cowboys Rams. And all of a sudden, the Rams come back and they score two touchdowns in the second half, and or they score they score fourteen in the second half. And I think I think it does set up well for me as a football fan. It sets up really well for both games, to be honest with you. I love the storyline of Stafford going into Detroit and playing against the Lions. I also love McCarthy against the Packers. Um, there, there, you know, there's just a lot for me. This, this was the ideal scenario just as a football fan. I agree 100. percent It's the best case scenario for the NFL. And I uh, just because I didn't want it does not matter. We were two, you know, 15, 20 yard completions away from the 49ers pushing that down the field and kicking a field goal as time expires to having a, a setup, but. This is gonna. I also think there's a little bit of poetry here. If you kind of just put it all together, if we are to believe that the curse was lifted when you put Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor, I tell you what, you're gonna have to go through some franchises, and one of those is the Green Bay Packers. One of those is clearly the San Francisco 49ers, and I think a rematch against the Detroit Lions. You know, if you were to get that next week, kind of makes sense too. Go ahead and do it on your own with no question of a ref. Uh, you know, being involved in the game. There's something there. Now, there are a lot of things that could happen. The, the Eagles could sneak their way into the conversation. It's it's not crazy to think that the Rams, you know, uh, go win and that the Eagles win and that you got the Eagles. And that would be kind of crazy if you went Packers, Eagles, 49ers. There's something uh, fun about that. So there's a lot of different roads this thing can take. First things first. Got to go with the Packers. Packers are an interesting team that's, in my opinion, for about 70% of the year was a very bad team. But they had a couple little streaks. They had a hot streak there in the middle of the year. And uh, they strung together a couple wins at the back end of the year over some bad teams. The Panthers, the Vikings without a quarterback, and the Bears and, you know, whatever you think about the Bears, eh, you know, not a lot. And I know the Packers just beat the Bears 17-9. The Packers are a team capable of putting 30 points. I cannot help but see this as a game where we're going to be looking at this thing at the end of it 
and we will be asking questions about the defense. And the reason I say that is because I think the Cowboys are going to put 30-plus points up on this Packers uh, team. Packers are weak at linebacker. They're weak at, in, uh, in the secondary. And that's a place where I do think the way the Cowboys' offense is playing, too, you're going to see it. The Cowboys are going to get 30-plus points. And for as many questions as there's been about Mike McCarthy over the years, fair or unfair does not matter. Dan Quinn's the one taking interview request, and I think we're going to be talking about the defense on Sunday night, if the Cowboys lose, for what it's worth, I'm not. You know, I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose. I do think they win, but this is a game where you have to shut down Jordan Love and that Packers offense, and they are playing really well offensively, and they got a lot of different things they can throw at you uh, in terms of wide receivers. And I think that immediately takes us to Stephon Gilmore. Where are we at? What's the latest on that? Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be good to go. They really dodged a bullet there. That's the two games in their last, what, three, I think, where there's been some scares involving in- potential injuries with uh, Stefan Gilmore. He had the wind knocked out of him, the rib kind of injury he had a couple weeks ago, and then this one where you know he has to go to the blue medical tent, and then he's going to the locker room uh, before halftime starts, and he's ruled out in the second half, and it's hard to tell at first what, what the injury was, if it was his arm or wrist or whatever, and ends up being his shoulder. And so uh, it popped out. They popped it back into place. He was wearing a harness on the sideline. I'm, I'm, I bet you he'll be wearing something like that in the game. So probably be somewhat limited. But, man, as we said when Trayvon Diggs went down, that just was such a – it would be such a big drop-off if you you really don't have the depth there without Diggs. So it's like – you feel good about your starters with Jordan Lewis and Jerron Bland and Gilmore, but you can't afford to lose one of those guys. That'd be a big drop-off without them. So it looks like they dodged a the bullet there. You get Jonathan Hankins was back against Washington. Uh, Zach Martin should be good to go uh, coming back from the illness. And then Tyler Smith, another one with the uh, plantar fasciitis. It looks like he's got a good chance to be able to play in this game too. So all things considered, you know, you're pretty healthy. And, uh, you know, obviously you'd love to have DeMarvion Overshone. You'd love to have Trayvon Diggs. Um, but it could be a lot worse, that's for sure. And believe me, if this game was going to be played in Green Bay, I would look at it as, hey, you know, you never know what could happen, weather, elements. Being played in Dallas, a place where they've won their last 16, uh, I just looked it up since we've re- as we're recording this show, it's been 485 days since the Cowboys have lost at home. Um, I mean, Tom Brady's the last quarterback to beat them at AT&T Stadium. I mean, that's the other part that factors in with the reason why I think it would be so disappointing if they didn't make the NFC Championship game. This is this is when they've played their best ball. You can criticize them all you want uh, on the road, and, and there's plenty of criticism to go around for that. But when they've been at AT&T Stadium, that's when they've been at their best. And with health included, they should be pretty close to their best going into this game. Yeah, I think also just when you when you look at when you look at the health thing, I mean, like totality, like you said, Overshone, Diggs, and Leighton Vandrash are the only three guys that you're really missing. And that's a lot better than what a lot of I mean, the Detroit Lions are going into this without Sam Laporta. Um, you know, the Steelers going into this without TJ Watt. Like, this could be a lot worse. Uh, going into the playoffs than what you're going into. Uh, yeah, and, so, and let me, yeah. hey, Sad, and with that too, can you imagine if TJ Watt or uh, uh, Bradley Chubb got hurt early in the season and yeah. let's say they were out for the season 
and let's say the player that stepped up in their place had a, oh, I don't know, 17-sack season. Because that's what Deron Bland's done. We knew yeah. Deron Bland was a good player. Don't get me wrong. But since what Diggs has gone down, what Bland has done in his absence, leading the leading the NFL in interceptions, uh, don't get me wrong. You'd love to have everybody, but it's the NFL. I just think it's unrealistic to think that you're going to go into the playoffs and, and just have every single player, you know? No, for sure. You know, it's... it's um... This is the best chance they've had in the Dak era. Um, and I had 2016 looked really good, but this feels like a better chance. I think. I don't know. Like, what is that? I'm trying to think about the 2016 year. 2016, it might be because of the fact that you don't know what you don't know. And you and you think yeah, that everything's right? <laughs> great and you don't know, like, what it's going to be like going in the playoffs. And let's be honest, they laid an egg early in that game. And then, you know, Dak let them on a big comeback. And, and, so there, that's a, that's a different animal. This one is you're battle tested. You've been through these. You most of these guys on this team have been through these these type of situations. There there can be things that happen in that game on Sunday where Jordan Love is not gonna he's not gonna be used to it. He hasn't played in that type of a situation with a, a game of that magnitude. Whereas Dak, you know, CD, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks. Like, I mean, this is a battle-tested team. Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, you know, they've played playoff games, and they've played them against very good teams. So there's nothing that should happen in this game that should knock them back, especially with them playing at home. Uh, anything that happens, they, they should they should be in, in position to overcome whatever that might be. Whereas when you – this is your first time, you could get punched in the mouth and just – find out real quick okay this is a different animal we're not cut out for this yet maybe we are in a couple years but but this Cowboys team that's not they're not the Packers this is a Cowboys team that they should be building on what they've what they've done the last two years the Packers a lot of times uh, just watching them all year long they do look like the youngest team in the league which they are right Uh, there are a lot of and it's all excusable. It's all things like I watch it and go, okay, yeah, since it's mistakes you made when your average age is like 24 or whatever it is, 25. A lot of, you know, guys running back from the huddle and over to the sideline and you got to burn a timeout, you know, because you couldn't get a play in. You're going to have a lot of that going on. The thing that does concern me, uh, at least on the Cowboys' end, is this. A, a team that's playing well, okay, offensively. The defense has played a little bit better. I mean, three weeks ago, in Green Bay, it was fired Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator. There was a thought he might get fired on the spot because, you know, they had a couple uh, rough games where they'd given up a lot of points and soft coverage. The Buccaneers game comes to mind where Baker Mayfield torched him for like 400 yards. But the offense is also playing well. And the offense does a lot of things that's gonna you're going to see when you play the 49ers, misdirection. You're going to see that when you play the Rams things like that, because they're from the same school. You know, all play-action based and things like that. And then they can beat you in a lot of different ways at wide receiver with these guys who are all drafted kind of in the same couple of years and who aren't there yet. We're like, that's wide receiver one. That's wide receiver two, wide receiver three. But you can see this, like, weapon uh, base and artillery that they have moving forward that does kind of make sense. Christian Watson playing or not playing will be a thing that's big because Christian Watson is the guy with the game-changing speed and athleticism that 
who had a coming out often, party against the Cowboys last year. It's, it's hard to ignore that. It's the first <laughs> thing I thought of, you know, was like, I don't know like if he plays or doesn't. That's a big difference. Jaden Reed has become the guy who is their, you know, future number one go-to guy. You're going to see Romeo Dobbs get a catch here and there. You're going to see a undrafted guy you've never heard of named Bo Melton get a catch here and there. You're going to see um, uh, Wicks, uh, who has become a very good player. Uh, he was a fifth round draft pick, and he is he gets open. And ever since uh, Matt Lafleur kind of took the, I'm gonna say the leash off of Jordan Jordan Love, he has turned into a better quarterback. The thing that Jordan Love has not faced, and it's not even close, he has not faced a pass rush like the Cowboys. And you say that like to a lot of quarterbacks, but Jordan Love, we're talking minimal experience here. He has not faced that. And I will be so interested in how much they want to blitz, how much they want to let uh, their guys do it on their own. Um, you know, also there's the element of stopping the run, and Aaron Jones has had you know a couple of big games against the Cowboys in the past as well. But that's the thing I that see. I think Jordan Love is not yet equipped to handle, and I think it's crowd noise combined with that intense pass rush, and that could lead to some. Big time mistakes. I mean, he's a cool cat and pretty calm, and has really come a long way since week one to week four to week eight. Their growth has been really interesting. Um, almost like you know, we saw Dak kind of grow in that 2016 year, where you just kind of saw him get better and better and better, and you're like, wow. And I just don't know if he's seen this. And this is where, again, I think at the end of the day, we're going to be talking about the Cowboys' defense more so than a Cowboys' offense, who we kind of expect to put up 28, 31 points, you know, in this game. Yeah. You mentioned Aaron. Oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say, like, with Jordan Love, what impresses me most, and I told John this in the press box in in D.C., and it kind of, like, popped out to me. It was like, Dak Prescott leads the NFL in touchdown passes with 36. Jordan Love is second in the NFL this year with 32. (laughs) Like... Uh, and, yeah. and Purdy is third with 31, and he didn't play in the final game. So regardless, Jordan Love is a top three in passing touchdowns, and he's also, by the way, Josh Allen is number one in total touchdowns, and Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott are number two in the NFL um, in total touchdowns, and Jordan Love is right after them. Like, it just kind of sneaks up on you when you look at some of these stats with Jordan Love where you're like, you don't really expect to see all that, and the other thing, and this, this is with Jordan Love and really extends to the, this entire Packers team, if there's one thing that really impresses me about this team, it's the opposite of what I was looking for. When I was looking at the Buccaneers' schedule, it's the complete opposite. The Buccaneers have beat one playoff team this entire season, and that is the Packers. That's the only team they've beat. The, the, uh, the Packers have beat the Chiefs and they, they've beat the Chiefs. They beat Detroit in Detroit. They uh they played Pittsburgh close. They beat the Los Angeles Rams. They played the Chargers close or they beat the Chargers. Um and I know the Chargers aren't a playoff team, but they, you know, uh, they were a good team at that time. Like they have some quality wins on their schedule. And so uh those two things really kind of like stuck out to me was just how Jordan Love's uh, Jordan Love at least statistically kind of creeps up on you a little bit. And also the Packers have some have some pretty pretty decent wins on the season. Um, when you mentioned Aaron Jones, though, I saw this tweet this morning from uh, 
at front office NFL. It was retweeted by NFL Research, and it said the most rushing yards per game against the Cowboys all time with a minimum of three games. So you just had to play at least three games against the Cowboys. Most rushing yards per game average. Number three, Walter Payton at 115.3. Number two, Barry Sanders at 119. Oh my God. And number one, Aaron Jones at 123.3. <laughs> so there is that. Um, the other thing I was going to tell you, you mentioned Joe Barry. Do you know who Joe Barry's father-in-law is? Um, Joe Barry's father-in-law. So we're going to go... Um, married the daughter of... Married the daughter, his father-in-law. Okay, so I don't know. Rod Marinelli. What in the hell? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Well, they they they've coached together. I th- I'm, I'm they were together in Detroit. I'm pretty sure they were together in in Tampa Bay as well. So yes. Go ahead, um, Kent. I know you want to do it. Hey, stud. <laughs> oh, solid. There you love, go. <laughs> love Coach Perry. Um, solid guy. Great guy. Honored to have him marry my daughter. When you guys mentioned, <laughs> when you guys mentioned Purdy and Jordan Love's numbers and some of those others, the thing, the first thing I thought of was the Cowboys will go in every game in, until the Super Bowl with the best quarterback on the field. Yeah, how often do you get a chance to say that in the playoffs? Um, I hardly ever. It feels like right. I mean, I mean, probably not since Aikman. Did you did you have an argument last year though? Yeah, I would say Brock Purdy. I mean, I last year wasn't, have, wasn't convinced. I would have said Hurts. The level Hurts was playing on, you could make the argument that he was that he was better, but you wouldn't have said Purdy. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, last year you still had Aaron Rodgers. No, wait, did you? Yeah. Rodgers, no, no, no. They, they didn't make it last That's year. That's right. Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs. You're right. Um, he had he had Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones in the playoffs. Yeah, but you had Brady in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, Brady, and then you'd take Dak over Brady at that point. Um, uh, so yeah, may, maybe an argument there, but that's you know that's that's uh, well, hey, we saw what happened. Come on, went down to Tampa Bay and got that butt. We knew what happened there. I, uh, it is it, there. There's the one that and it'll come down to. Um, let's say you're playing, you would take him over golf right now, and yep. yeah, no, I and that's what that's what to me the only team that I really. Uh, and fear is not even the word. The only team I just want to avoid, with all due respect to the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's San Francisco. Because you've seen what they've done to you, and you saw what they did. I, and maybe I should give Buffalo a little more credit after Buffalo stomped the Cowboys. But it's the 49ers who I don't want to play for physical reasons, for scheme reasons. Just for the complete balance and build of that team, like it does feel like it's their year and their time to do it, and that's that's the team you don't want. But again, best chance. This is the best chance since arguably 2016. Talent better than anything, and there's kind of like like you said, it's almost like this draw that you've gotten here, where it is a Packers team who was nine and eight for dude. They were they this team didn't have a lot of business making the playoffs. Honestly, I mean. Halloween forward, they found a way to, to turn it up. This team would, did not perform like a playoff team for a good portion of this year. Offensively and defensively and special teams bad. All kind of shaky at different times in the year. And then you look at it and go, okay, win. Now the divisional round. Get the monkey off your back and you're at home. Kind of no excuses to be in the final four. 
So if you go by the odds right now, and I'm going by uh, bet MGM, there is kind of a separation in terms of teams to win the Super Bowl uh, with the top five. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off then to the Eagles at six. So it's the Niners are the overall favorite at plus 225. Then it's the Ravens at plus 325. Then it's the Bills at plus 650. And the Cowboys at plus 750. So those four are kind of clumped together. And then it's the Chiefs at plus 900. But then it drops to plus 1,300 to the Eagles, plus 1,600 to the Dolphins, and then plus 2,000 to the Lions. So that, that top four, I mean, it's kind of lining up. The expectations are that you're looking at 49ers, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills type that, you know, that one of those four or two of those four will be the ones that meet in the Super Bowl. And you're in that conversation. I just, that's again, why I say, I, I just think it would be a huge disappointment for them not, they lose to the Niners in a different way. Yes, obviously we'll, we'll do a podcast and we'll talk about like how <laughs> we can't believe they've done this three years in a row and, and you know, they got to overcome this and whatever. But you got to you you need to at least get there, you know. And hey, who knows? I mean, side pick the Rams to win the NFC West. Maybe they upset them, and maybe it's the Rams that they face in the NFC Championship game. Also, the other thing with that is sometimes it sometimes you just become due. And and I like I I know that sounds really corny and some and whatever, but like I watched the Patriots in two thousand three beat the uh, beat the Colts. Uh, Tom Brady beating Peyton Manning in the AFC divisional round. Then 2004, they beat him in the uh, in the uh, sorry, they beat him in the conference championship in 2003 divisional round. 2004, 2006, Patriots are up 21 to three at halftime on the Colts. Colts come back and beat the Patriots. Like at some time, when and when you have these rivalries, we even saw it with the Cowboys Niners in the 90s, right? Like you had mm-hmm. Cowboys win, and then you just were due, and then the 49ers, you know, break through whatever. Um, in that game that Aikman, uh, you know, had the early struggles, but then came back late. My point is, is like in these rivalries, sometimes it does like very, few, very. It, it's not often that you have Buffalo Bills going to four straight Super Bowls and losing all four of them. Like sometimes, like it just happens to where you're going to get over the hump. We're 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 two games away from that, so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But I'm just saying, like, and, and hey, I'm I wouldn't be surprised. If the 49ers don't make it to the conference championship game, I do think that they are the best team in the playoffs. But I also firmly believe that the way that they play is a is a way that, you know, it, it's not always built for playing 20 weeks of football. Like they get hurt a lot every time they get to the end. And on top of that, their injuries are very detrimental. It's like they lose Trent Williams and it's like the entire offense forgets how to operate. Same thing with Debo Samuel. So like I'm not saying that they're not the best. I do think that the odds that John just read off are absolutely accurate. I do think the 49ers right now are the best football team in the NFL. I just don't know that that's going to be the case in three weeks. No, no, I, I agree. I um, be full disclosure on my radio show this morning, which did have a call in from our producer, Kent Garrison uh, on the situation in Fort Worth. Uh, Reporting live. I, I, I didn't want to do this, but I wanted to do this early in the week because look, the Cowboys are seven. Uh, it's still seven and a half favor- seven point and favorites. Half. So seven and a half point favorites. The Cowboys are expected to win. I think they're going to win. They should win. Uh, Dak is probably going to eat and light them up. This is going to be a, a, a very scorable defense. And I don't think there's going to be Aaron Rodgers like Houdini stuff from Jordan Love just yet. Maybe in the future, but I don't see that happening yet. We did this because it is a story. Jerry does 
radio interviews all week. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, guys, because you know I already have a reputation of being a hater, even though I think some of my concerns are fair. This morning, the segment was, if you lose this week, you got a year left on McCarthy's contract, A, should he be fired? B, will he be fired? And, look, it went a lot of different ways. I I kind of got mocked by some other shows at my station for, like, why would you even do that? Like, why would you even talk about that? He's won 12 games three years in a row. He's one of the best head coaches in the NFL. He's won at a Baltimore Ravens-like level, okay? twelfth Right now, 12th most tenured head coach with his team. Feels like just the other day we hired him. 12th, okay? You, and you look at those teams, it's all teams with stability in their franchise, and the Steelers, and the Patriots, and the Ravens, and the 49ers, and the Packers, and like, a lot of these teams like, in the playoffs every year. But I can't for the life of me see Jerry Jones sitting there in that suite and being able to handle going backwards with this team and two home games in front of you. I can't even see it. I can't imagine it. I really can't. Well, and I don't know fa- the how big he factor, it. Yeah, the big factor in all this is the fact that he would – would be losing uh, a wild card game at home with how well they've played at home. Yeah. So that would be ending your 16 game home winning streak, longest streak in the NFL right now. So that would be a factor in it, no question. I, I, and I get where your uh, coworkers would say, "Yeah, why would you bring that up right now? You know, they're in a good spot, whatever." I get that, but it is kind of the elephant in the room that if they were to lose to the Packers, the team he used to coach. Uh, there's a part of me I, I still think it would be 50-50. It's not a, oh, lose Packers. Yeah, he's fired. He's gone. Yeah, I, no, I don't sure. think it's like that. I don't think for it's sure. like that. Um, but it, but it would make things uh, kind of tense. Let's put Can it that way. Can you imagine, though, John? I mean, two years in a row you've said we have a post-game podcast. And you go, That's the most down I've seen Jerry Jones. Yeah. And those two losses. But, well, you and- know, the last two years in the playoffs. And he knows the clock's ticking because of, you know, well, his own age, but also Dak Prescott, the contracts he's going to have to give Dak, Micah, and and CD are going to put them in a spot where they might not be as talented as they are right now going forward. And so, yeah, a lot of that stuff will be factored in. So, yeah, I I don't really like talking about that stuff right now just because uh, you're kind of being negative when you don't need to be. But if you're looking ahead, it would be tough to overcome that loss and and let's be honest jerry said a lot of nice things about mike on the radio uh tuesday morning he said a lot of nice things about mike after the game but he did also leave that door open by uh i don't have the exact quote with me right now but i will in a second because i tweeted out after the game but i want to make sure that i got this exactly correct game to game is uh is part of the terminology he said we'll see how each game goes was his last was the last sentence so his answer, if you transcribe the whole thing, was probably you know four or five sentences. But the last one is, we'll see how each game goes. And so you can take that one of two ways, like you can with most of Jerry's comments. And that's why he talks the way he does, because it creates stories. If he didn't, he's, he's a very intelligent, successful man. He can easily just say the words, it doesn't matter what happens from, from this point. Mike, yeah. Mike has another year left on his contract. Mike McCarthy will be the Dallas head coach, Cowboys head coach next season as well. And it's over. But he doesn't say things like <laughs> he that. He doesn't. And so it's because so. of think, that, yeah. that allows us to have the conversation we're having. I think if That's they it. lose this game, you don't see Jerry after the game. 
he ducks away, you know, had to get out, had to get, had, had an appointment to make. I because be this is the one be, where he might fire be, him. If they lose this one, if, yeah, if they win this one, tough. I think he's safe. Yeah, I don't think he would do it at home because I will say, after yeah. they lost last year in San Francisco and we were staying outside the locker room, with Jerry's tone, um, I'm not saying this was the whole part of it, but about 50% of it is Jerry felt like he needed to talk to the fans immediately and apologize to the fans for coming up short again. And I feel like that's part of him. So I think we're, if if they lose wild card round, divisional round, Super Bowl, NFC Championship game, or they win the Super Bowl, I think at any of the, the, the last game the Cowboys play this year, Jerry will talk. And that will be a popular topic, obviously. Obviously, if it's in the Super Bowl, uh, it would be pretty foolish to go in another direction but, uh, to get the first Super Bowl since 1995. I think that would be pretty yeah. locked in. But And, and yeah. S- 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 yeah, Sud, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. Well, I, I think I think the other thing is the, the question that always comes up when, whenever you have this is, you know, what are the other options? And for a lot, for a while there, it was Sean Payton. And and now, now that's off the table. And it could be a kind of interesting market when it comes to head coaches because, one, you have one in your back pocket in Dan Quinn, who's who's going to be a commodity. Then you have guys like Mike Vrabel hitting the market, which is which which is wild. Then you might have Bill Belichick. Like it could be very top heavy, and then be completely gone. Um, like there could be a very like top three four guys, and then it could be nothing. And that's the other thing, KT. It's like what you said. Most of these teams that are in the playoffs have had that stability, and I think that's there's something to be said about that. But also like. Even if you are going to go in a different direction, you have to think that it's going to be an upgrade. And if you don't think it's an upgrade, then you just stay with it. That was the big thing with Jason Garrett all those years. It was not very hard to see that there could be an upgrade no matter who you went with out of Jason Garrett. I'm not so sure about that with McCarthy. I felt like bad even talking about that, but it's like, how can I not throw that out there when he's literally on the radio down the dial uh, with our alleged competition or whatever you want to call it, you know, talking about these things. Like, it's just like what it is covering the Cowboys. So these things have to be discussed a little bit. And I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that I know. I think we end up in the same spot. We almost end up every year with, well, how did it go? What happened in the game? Um, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that because I do think, like John said earlier, the best possible matchup you could have got outside of maybe maybe the Saints, you know, maybe uh, – I, I think the way Green Bay's playing right now compared to the way Seattle's playing right now, maybe maybe Seattle would have been a better matchup again. Someone who gave you a little bit oh, of help. If we're going by the, how they're playing right now, the best matchup would have been the Eagles. Oh, well, yeah, dude, I mean – Tampa Bay didn't leave a lot to uh, to get you excited about when they struggled to put up uh, 13 points against the Panthers when they had nine in that game, you know, or whatever it was. Like, like, okay, well, that offense is going through it right now. But, man, Baker Mayfield's been all banged up. The Buccaneers can absolutely win that game on Monday night because the Eagles are a mess right now. And, you know, it's good. We've, we've been in that situation, too, where you go to the playoffs, you're kind of asking a lot of questions about yourself. The thing is, too, the, the thing that may, maybe I've been talked about, dude, the Rams, if they were to beat the Lions, I think the Rams are the team who has the best chance at beating San Francisco and the, in the NFC. The I think so. I think they have the best but, chance to make a, a real run, just to get hot. Yeah. 
I say that because they play him twice a year and just have a little bit of a better look, you know? And, and Matthew Stafford. For me, it, like, yeah, playoffs are so much about the quarterback. And for me, like Stafford, that's the reason why, to me, you, even though they the Cowboys beat the Rams breaks off in, at AT&T Stadium, for me, it's a void. Unless you're talking about the 49ers, who are an elite football team, you want to avoid the top quarterbacks. And I, I have no – if you're a Cowboys fan, like, I would not want to see Matthew Stafford. Yeah, no, I think that's the team of all of them that would have the best chance. So, you know, you could be looking at a world where if you were to keep it up that you could be at home, you know, uh, if you got to game three. But one game at a time. First things first, guys, 20 yards to Brandon Cooks, right? That's the thing, right? Just get, get him 20 yards first. You haven't lost when that happens. Haven't lost at home. I think it'll be a big one. We're going wide out on uh, Sunday, John. They're asking for wide out. Is that That's a pretty good, Matt, uh, uniform combination, huh? It is, it is, but the one negative to that is it looks great when you're Penn State and out of your hundred and some thousand, you know, 95% are wearing all white. The problem is when you play a team like Green Bay and they're obviously going to have a decent amount of fans there, it makes their fans stand out even more when you when you yeah. go with that. So that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, they're wearing their traditional, you know, white cowboy uniforms for the game and Green Bay will be wearing their traditional green, so... Uh, classic, classic jersey matchup there. Yeah, ahead of the cold too. Got a big cold front coming in Sunday night. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a big weekend here. Um, I was taking a look, guys, at our uh, at our picks for uh, the um, the wild for the uh, for the division winners. That was mm-hmm. a little fun to look at, real quick. I had uh, John. You got two of four in the AFC. Bills and Chiefs. Uh, the Bengals and Jags let you down. Um. In the AFC, uh, Saad had one. Just the Chiefs. The Jets, Bengals, and Jags let you down. Kent. Oh, I did terrible at your, this. I just your threw, division winner. You're, you didn't have any division winners. Yeah. And I, I just, had the I just uh, threw weird ones on there. Chiefs. Jets, Bengals, and Jags let us down. Those are your three teams that didn't didn't uh, do anything for us. Over in the NFC, John. Jets. I bet Jets. I don't think just, that's correct. Just one. No, no, Kent. You had Dolphins. Yeah. Well, yeah. who got in but didn't win the division? No. Kent, no. you you had the uh, – I'm sorry, John, you had the 49ers. The Eagles, Vikings, and Saints didn't get it done for you there. Saad had the Lions. The Cowboys uh, – oh, Lions and the Cowboys. Good job, Saad, too. Rams and Saints couldn't win that division for you. Uh, Kent had Cowboys, 49ers. The Bears and Falcons didn't quite get it done. Sorry, Arthur Smith. <laughs> and um, – I had Cowboys 49ers too. Packers Saints didn't win the division. So I all did about, you know, like a 50-50 proposition right there for the most part. I would say my NFC had a the Lions are emotional hedge bet. I absolutely yeah. thought the Lions were better than the Vikings. I just was like, yeah, kind of haven't seen them win the division since I was a little boy, so let's not pick that, but very me, happy that with how that the, turned out. <laughs> yeah. For me, that was the Rams with the 49ers where I'm like, some like something crazy in the NFL always happens. Like some crazy like first to worst, worst to first story always happens. So I'm like, all right, Rams had everybody unhealthy. I'm gonna go pick the Rams to win the division. But when you say happen. that something crazy happening, what what do you think it would be in terms of winning the Super Bowl? Who's the craziest 
team that could win the Super Bowl that's obviously realistic? Oh, Steelers against the Bucks or something like that. Oh, it doesn't have to be a matchup. No. It's not, that's not going to happen. No. But, I mean, like, no, just to win you, it, just give me one. It's not going to be Steelers. Versus, you know, just give me one team that you think yeah. that could win it. Because I don't yeah. think the Steelers or Bucks could win it. I don't think that's even realistic. I don't either. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about realistically, I think the weirdest one would probably, for me, be the Dolphins. Like, like that I still give it, like, hmm. a realistic shot. I, I think that would be one that you know like they fell out of the division there but they're still a really good team and and uh again you're asking for realistic like i think i'd be more surprised if the dolphins won than even the chiefs did even though the chiefs look worse because like they still have mahomes and so for me it's the lions or the dolphins one of those two teams I- i'm gonna so you don't up. think the rams can win at all i think they could you i i i think i'd be more surprised if the lions made it than the rams Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I would. I'm gonna weed out Houston. I'm gonna weed out Cleveland and Joe Flacco. Sorry. And I'm going to weed out. That would be Pittsburgh. Right. So four kind of realistic ones in the AFC. So the wildest one of that, it, it, yeah, I guess it would be the Dolphins in the AFC. There's no, no one would be surprised the Chiefs, Bills, or Ravens made it. Mm-mm. Right. The NFC. I'm gonna weed out. Green Bay, I, yeah, Green Bay could not go into San Francisco and beat them. Tampa Bay's out too, and Tampa Bay's out, yeah. and Tampa Bay's out, and yeah, you could see the Eagles magically getting it together, and it wouldn't surprise you at all. So yeah, it's the craziest one is probably Detroit or yeah. Philadelphia the way they're playing, but it's Detroit. God, it, should it be the, should it be the Cowboys? Given they haven't been to the championship I was game, say I think it's the Cowboys. No, just wants to say. <laughs> no, not with no, them at home. Think... If they if they were if they were uh, uh, the four seed, or I'm sorry, the five, and had to start off on the road, and we're going to yeah. play all those games on the road with the way they played on the road this year, I, I I could listen to that. But when they ended up getting the two seed, no, that's out the window now. This is the best one. This is the best chance they've had to get the NFC championship. He's talking about game like they they haven't been there. I mean Rams been to the Super Bowl, you know, Goff's been to the Super Bowl, like, pretty inexperienced other than McCarthy in terms of getting to the dance, going and getting it done, you know, Eagles just got there, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, this Cowboys team is just way too talented, and when you talk about inexperienced, like, I, I hear you, but this is a third year, like, when you have a player as young as Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb and, like, most of their career they've been, you know, in the playoffs and, and had these expectations and stuff, like, I think, uh, you know, like, I had a commenter point out when I said the Lions were uh, the Lions were young and inexperienced, like someone in the comments pointed out, like, well, Jared Goff is into the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, but they're still a top 10 youngest team and their head coach is 47 years old in his first playoff run. Like, if the Cowboys and Lions match up, the Lions are young and inexperienced. The Cowboys are the Grizzly Vets, you know? So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, especially like John said, with them being at home, it's just, it just changes everything. So, uh, especially because, you know, you just have to pray that one team can knock off the 49ers and then you might have the smoothest path to the Super Bowl. What, what coach just comes out of nowhere and wins the Super Bowl without being like battle tested at all in the postseason? I'm literally trying to think of that right now on the fly here. I can't think of anybody that just like, yeah, they just got in the playoffs and, you know, young head coach, his first coaching job and just took him, won the Super Bowl. Dan Campbell, Sean McVay. No, no, he, he got back. Did again. Harbaugh do it? Time. John Did Harbaugh, Harbaugh do I was going to say. Well, I, meant, yeah. I, meant, I meant like win the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, yeah 2012. Harbaugh. Oh, you're talking about John beating Jim? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like that 2012 Ravens run was probably that. That was the first time that they Mike like, made McCarthy, the playoffs. Mike McCarthy, Green Bay Packers. No, <laughs> no way. <laughs> they had made the playoffs before that. I'm talking about like somebody that like is. It's literally like that's their first playoff that they're going into. It's like, Dan a, Campbell. like a Dan Campbell situation. That's it. That's no, the but one. I'm saying before that I'm using. I'm, oh, that's the reason oh, I'm bringing it up is because of Dan Campbell, who has yeah. done this before, is what I'm saying. Where oh it's like, yeah, that's well their first that, time that, that that would in not qualify. That that would not qualify Harbaugh at all because he made the playoffs every that's single a, year. Right, that's before. what I'm saying. Like they're yeah, people knock on the door. I, I, Sean McVay didn't just show up and like, hey, Super Bowl, here we go. Like, great. He, they, honestly, they were, honestly, you know who you know who is. I was that thinking guy? John Gruden to be honest with you, just because he took over that Tony Dungy Bucks team, well, and I don't know if they had. I can't remember if the Raiders had had. Six, did they get there before with him? Mm-mm. Do they have playoff success with, with John Gruden? I can't I think, remember that. I think they had. They might have had one year, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, you, you know t- who's a who's a funny one with that is is Bill Belichick because um, because I'm pretty sure like I, I yeah I think he went to the playoffs once or something in Cleveland, um, but in 2001 when he when he took the Patriots that was that that was the definitely the he was five and eleven in his first year in New England. He probably went once with Cleveland back in the early '90s, but he he broke through and uh, and went to, and won the Super Bowl that way. But um, looking back at the yeah, he had one playoff appearance with the with the Browns in '94. Um, other than that, he you know with the Patriots that was his first time in 2001. So. You know, Matt Matt Lafleur went to the NFC Championship game in year one as head coach. Yeah, but Gruden, I think Gruden, you you Gruden, just like it's the Aaron Rodgers effect once again there, you know? Yeah, Gruden did with the Raiders. They okay. got to the conference uh, championship game and then uh, the divisional round the two years yeah. uh, before he went over to uh, Tampa. Nah, yeah, I don't sense. know. It's just it's. I mean, I'm sure there there are cases and and there's outliers and things like that. But usually, when it comes to the NFL to make a deep playoff run, you got to take a couple cracks at it before you finally get it done. Dude, I was going to, to text. Text you guys this earlier, and I uh, just forgot to. So I'm not uh, just give me a I don't know because I'm trying to put it on the spot here, and I couldn't remember. And so, it, well, since we're talking coaches, it's interview season, right? Uh, Will McClay reportedly requested, uh, or the Panthers requested an interview with him, mm-hmm. and you know who knows he'll go do it. All these years, as well, the Commanders as well. He gets he gets uh, interest every single year. Right, and which is great leverage, huh? Um, but he gets it, uh, interest every single year. Has he formally taken an interview with any of these teams, or has it always ended up doing the same thing? Oh no, he's interviewed with teams before. Okay, um, it just keeps coming back to a, his son is uh, is in high school uh, in the area, and I and I think he wants to. Uh, he's really close with his son, obviously, and I think he might be a senior. Uh, so yeah, that I think that is a little bit of a factor, but I ultimately just. I almost compare it to the Jim Harbaugh thing with Michigan. Like, I, I just think it was such a big thing for Jim Harbaugh to be able to take that program and and not only be able to finally beat Ohio State, but get over the hump and win a national championship. I I just see a lot of that with with Will McClay too. He knows how talented this team is. He obviously helped build this roster. Had you know significant fingerprints all over all of this. I don't think he'd want to leave without them winning a Super Bowl. You know, it's like with the Harbaugh thing, it's it's a lot easier for Harbaugh to leave now. I mean, he's accomplished everything. I think it would bother Will a little bit if he left and then they won the Super Bowl and he wasn't here because I do think he loves, you know, this job that he has right now with the Cowboys. And he has said many a times that he 
he wants to win one with Jerry or win one for Jerry so badly. Mm-hmm. He's obviously close with the family, so I don't know. I think it would be tough. I think it would have to be a really it would have to be just an amazing opportunity. Uh, for him to take that and and that's not to say that that's not out there because who knows somebody could offer you the right amount of money the right opportunity with the right uh type of say and 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 you know uh that would be hard to turn down so I, I but i know that he loves working for the cowboys and so i he has had interviews i just i would be a little surprised if he left yeah no i know i would too and it, it's uh you know it's almost an annual thing where you kind of go well what would happen if you know he did leave, but it absolutely doesn't seem like he will leave. Dan Quinn obviously getting uh, multiple uh, interview requests as well. Uh, Panthers, Commanders, uh, I believe we saw the Chargers as well. You know, we've heard him do this routine by now enough too. Uh, compartmentalized very well. I uh, plan for all of that in the off season, which I think is like good answers. I think those are good stock answers to have in the chamber too, and I, I believe him. I do think when you go interview with these teams, you are talking specifically about their personnel, though. So your mind is on that, but it's not like he's going to be distracted or anything like that. I mean, who knows if this is... Last year, we were dead set. We all thought Dan Quinn was going to be gone. And you'll get the head coach openings, and it just didn't happen, and he's back here. So it wouldn't surprise me if Dan Quinn was back here next year. It wouldn't surprise me if he left. Uh, Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I think that my... I would be more surprised Will leaving than Dan just because yeah. I could see Dan getting the right offer and him being like, I might not get another one of these head coaching opportunities. Um, let me take this right now. Uh, where with Will, I don't know. I just I think that there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him going going forward, whether he wants to take it this offseason or others. And, I mean, you can say the same for Dan. I mean, we're splitting hairs here. I mean, they're both obviously phenomenal at what they do, and – they would be significant losses for the Cowboys to lose either one of them. Um, but if I had to pick one or the other, I just I could see Dan leaving and taking one of these head coaching opportunities. I would just, I don't know. It just would be surprising to see him come back again uh, if he gets offered one of these jobs. Uh, just how how often is that going to happen? You know. Yeah, I think I think with Dan, the only thing that I, I agree with that it wouldn't surprise me at all if he left because because of all those reasons. The only thing again, is just the coaching pool that's kind of out there right now. And if teams are prioritizing a Belichick, a Vrabel, and even a newcomer like Ben Johnson from the Lions or something like that, and all of a sudden, you know, you're you're asked to go, you know, this is your second chance. You want to make sure you have, like, a quarterback in place. You want to make sure you're going to a good situation. And if all the good situations get taken up by all these other candidates, then I don't think you just want to go throw away your second chance just to have a second chance. Like, I think... I think that's where I could see him maybe waiting. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, the, the ownership and, and the franchise, all that has to be right. Um, but I also think that a lot of, I mean, to get to the position that Dan's gotten to, to, I'm sure that he thinks he can turn any of these around. That's the, that's the thing, like to be on that successful of a level coach, you know, franchise quarterback type thing, like you believe that you can win with anybody. So I'm sure he believes that to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, there's definitely different levels to this, but I'm sure he'll get, if, if he gets an offer from a decent team, it's going to be tough to turn that down. Whether, cause when you say that the first team I think of obviously is the chargers and I just think yeah. things are lined up for Harbaugh to get that job, but that sure. one's the, super attractive because of the Her- Herbert situation. But you know, that Washington, uh, job I think is pretty attractive with the new ownership group. It seems money. like they're really, yeah. And they got money and they got tons of draft picks and, um, 
that's far more intriguing than it would have been one year ago. Let's say that. You know, for sure. We uh, before we give our picks here, I do want to uh, end on uh, another thing. If there's anything else you you guys want to squeeze in here, I, I do want to talk about CD Lamb for a minute. Uh, that thing's going to be coming up, and we will spend time on this. I'm not sure I've seen a player. I mean, that is four years of incremental improvements, but I'm not sure I've seen a player in week five, six, seven of a contract year <laughs> raise his value more in 10 weeks than what he's done. I mean, maybe you see that at the quarterback position a little bit, you know, but man, pretty much every metric you can find, you're going to find him in the top five. Some of these, you're going to find him number one, including targets, um, receptions, and things like that. And I remember we're five, six years ago, we were doing the Des Bryant $20 million discussion. I'll be damned if we're not doing the 30 to $35 million discussion with CeeDee Lamb, you know, once it's time for that. Yeah, no, absolutely right on that. I agree. Um, and I'll just add in there, best way I can describe it from just the way I look at it is going into this season, I just thought it was just very clear that this is Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons' team. But CD's in that group now. It's three now. Yeah. He's absolutely with that group now. Yeah, he's been I think, honestly. I think, well, real quick, one other thing I wanted to say about him. You can look back if if this thing goes to let's say they let's say they get to the Super Bowl and, and, and you're looking at hey you know turning points or big moments in the season, man. It looked bad on that sideline in San Francisco, but that could end up being one of the best things that happened to this team. When oh he when, when he was off and, and and he was obviously clearly frustrated. He talked about after the game how he was frustrated and how things changed from that moment. If you're looking for a turning point in the season, if it if it ends up having this storybook type ending, that San Francisco game and the way CD was on the sideline would be it for me. Yeah, I think I think I think so for sure. And I think the incredible thing to me about him is how he's like unguardable. I mean, everyone knows where he's where the ball is going, and he's not this this you know phenom of a of an athlete in terms of his size like he's not randy moss or something like that doesn't have this blazing speed but they just can't cover him and and the other thing is like he doesn't have a number one on the other side of him like this isn't cd lamb and amari cooper and cd lamb is doing this stuff this isn't like i like you know as a patriots fan growing up like in 2007 wes welker led the nfl in receptions and it was like yeah well randy moss was on the other side and so of course but this is all CD Lamb, and he's still doing it. So it's a credit to him. It's a credit to Dak. But uh, what he's doing is 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 you know definitely bona fide number one material. And you no, gotta I've give seen... a lot of credit to Mike McCarthy for that too. I mean, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Honestly, Absolutely. even if you want to sit there and say that, even if let's say you're the biggest McCarthy hater and you're like, well, that's because he wasn't using CD the right way at the beginning of the season. Even if you believe that, that's fine. It's admirable that a coach can switch things up like like they did mid-season. Well, it was early in the season, but you know, at the bye week and yeah, just flip absolutely. it to where it is gone now. Uh, I, whatever you want to say, you have to include Mike McCarthy in there as well. And we didn't do a lot of look back at the Washington game because it was such a uh, you know weird game. Tony Pollard kind of looked like the old Tony Pollard in a game without Tyler Smith and Zach Martin. I can't think of a, of a time, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure this instance has happened over the last few years, with the Cowboys missing one, much less two of their key offensive linemen, and still like run the ball like that, like that was impressive. Now Washington is Washington, so like uh, you know, but but still, like Tony Pollard was really good, and that's, and that's a week a good, after his comments. And that's a good point too, though, KT, because 
if if they, this team was to get to let's say the Super Bowl, do you really see that happening without Tony Pollard having at least one game where you're like, yeah, Pollard had a big game. That you know he was a key to this. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I I think you can completely set your watch to Dak will do this, CD will do this, uh, Brandon Cooks will do this, but I don't think that you'll be able to get to let's say the Super Bowl without at least one game in there where Tony Pollard has to have some big plays in the running game. So that's been what's been missing. We've seen some glimpses here and there of late. Can they put that together though? Uh, you know, when it's going to matter most, I just do not think that they can just pass their way to the Super Bowl. There's going to have to be some, yeah. some, some run game established. It's not going to be like 2016 Zeke or 2014 DeMarco Murray, but there's going to have to be something there in one of these games at least. All right, let's get to picks here, boys. I'll go first. Dun, 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 dun. Well, you guys know me. You know I can't take these Homer glasses off. All these years of just tense battles between the Packers and the Cowboys. Maybe the Matt Flynn game. Packers come back from way down. I mean, did Des catch it? Huh, we'll never know. The rules say he did not. Aaron Rodgers. Rolls out to his left. Hits Jared Cook. Keeps his foot in. Mason Crosby knocks it down. Cowboys 31-20. to 20. You guys didn't think I was going to do it, did you? Come on. I didn't think there was any chance you picked the Packers. Just like there was no chance if the Cowboys win that I would pick the Lions next week. Or the following you, week, sorry. No yeah, chance. you can't. Uh, you can't. I'll, I'm very similar with you. Uh... I got my mind set on 30 to 20, uh, Cowboys. Okay, 30 20. Uh, Sock. Yeah, I'm kind of the, in that same boat, but I'm going to go. The over under is 50, by the way, just so you guys know. 50 and a half, I believe it is. Perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Cowboys 38, Packers 24. Does Kent okay. have it in him to get different? <laughs> What's the spread? Seven and a, seven a half. And a half. Favorite Dallas, I'm assuming. I yes. can't imagine Dallas losing this game, which makes me kind of want to pick the Packers. <laughs> it's just, the NFL's weird, and something weird's going to happen in these playoffs. I just, what is it? I can't pick uh, the Packers, though. So I'm going to go Dallas 27, Packers 24. Let me say this real quick. Packers offensive line as a pass-blocking unit has given Jordan Love a lot of time and the ability to grow. And that has ended up, even with an injury to David Bakhtiari, who's kind of the Tyron Smith of Green Bay at this point, like, they've done a really good job. And that's created some things. I think that's where this game is different. Tank getting his hands on Jordan Love to throw an uh, interception like he did with Sam Howell. You know, like little things like that are going to come into play. I think a big tur- turnover with the Cowboys' defense because this game could could also be a lot like it was for Dak in 2016, his first playoff game. It could be that way for Jordan. Remember, there were a couple of plays where Dak did show, you know, that he was young. I had to think of the Micah Hyde interception in that game. And I think you could see something like that. Jordan's done a good job of protecting the ball the same way Dak did in his first year. Am I, am I missing anything that, like, if we went straight tail of the tape, I think because of CeeDee Lamb, you would take the Cowboys wide receivers. As a unit, you might take the Packers, uh, maybe, just because of how deep they are. 
At running back, you would probably take Aaron Jones um, over Pollard, I think. You know, yeah. it might be a little closer. I mean, Dowdle's shown a lot. Of eight. The Packers don't have anyone explosive behind Aaron Jones. You know, I don't even know if A.J. Dillon's going to play. Offensive line, I think you'd kind of almost have a push there, and Dak wins the quarterback thing. Tight ends, it might be a push too, the way Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave have played. So I think on offense, you it does end up kind of even on offense based on the trajectory of the Packers' offense and based on the Cowboys being there pretty much all year. You go to defense, though, and I do think this is where the Cowboys shine. Maybe linebacker, we can give it a push. The Cowboys' secondary is a better secondary than the Packers' secondary. The Cowboys' defensive line is a little bit better of a defensive line than the Packers' defensive line. Both teams could give up a lot of rushing yards, too, but both of these teams are going to try to throw the ball a lot. So I, I do think, oh, special teams, Cowboys by far, uh, a big weak link of the Packers. And I know it was a bad special teams week for the Cowboys, but you kind of piece it all together. I think Cowboys have the edge. Maybe a little closer, though. If these teams met in week 10, I think the Cowboys destroy them. Well, you said that something right there that was kind of interesting to me. You said that both these teams want to throw the ball a lot. You think Packers really want to come to AT&T and try and get a, in a shootout? Because I don't. I think they're going to try and run the ball. I think that... Okay, I, I don't think that was the case earlier in the year, but I think it is now. Because it's just it, the way. It's I don't think they'll win doing that. So they, I mean, they can. They, they, I mean, that's a good effort. But I don't think. I think to beat this Cowboys team at home, you have to keep Dak and CD on the sideline. I think that's your best bet. They're gonna go bend, don't break. Hope for okay. Sean Gary gets a sack here and there. Okay, Man, and you're you might be right, dude. Minimize the number of possessions in the game. Give yourself the best chance, but. I'm saying the way they've played, and again, they've not beat anyone lately that makes you go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Although the Bears were playing pretty good, and they deserve some credit. And we'll see if Eberflees keeps his job and what they do with Justin Fields. That's kind of a fascinating story, considering they have the number one and number ten pick in the draft. And what are they going to do with that? They're probably going to trade out of number one again, it looks like, if they decide to keep Justin Fields. You know, the Packers just allowed 11 receptions the other day in a game where the Bears were behind and trying to throw it and get back into it. The so the defense, ever since the fire Joe Barry chant started, has has really started to pick up pick it up a little bit and fought through a Jair Alexander suspension and things like that. That's that's fun too. If do they make the decision to go, we're going to put Jair Alexander on CD Lamb, and if they do, probably still advantage CD Lamb in my opinion. But that is one of the few names that you know if you were doing a top ten. 12 guys who could do it, potentially shut down a wide receiver. Who is it? So I think big Brandon Cook's game. Top coming. 10 players that could shut down a coin toss? Absolutely. <laughs> just make him the captain so he doesn't walk there on his own. I don't understand. Just let him go out there. Like, just make him a captain. Don't. Um, so, dude, I hate it. It's a, this is, this is stressful and, it, and I, I hate all of this. And I, uh, I wish it were the Lions. But, you know, we'll get the Lions next week, hopefully. We'll see. All right. Well, we did our picks. We had our fun. John and Sud will be out at AT&T Stadium on Sunday. If you're out there, wave up to the press box. They'll give, them a, <laughs> they'll give you a wave. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. Keep tracking them all week long. As I said, we're recording this on Tuesday. So, you can uh, get the latest. If there's any injury news, things like that on both sides. 
For Father John Bashota, for Saad Youssef, for our producer Kent Garrison, I'm Kevin Turner, and we'll see you next week on About Them Cowboys. Austin Powers, 